Welcome to Table Talk with Toddy, a podcast for millennials designed to motivate, inspire, and educate you on what it really takes to live a real life on purpose. This isn't your typical podcast. You can count on me to keep it real, funky, and relatable here on Table Talk with Toddy. Hey guys, it's Natasha Tati Weston, and this is the Table Talk with Tati podcast. You are listening to episode 16, and I am extremely excited to have my good friend Candace Macko, but she's best known as Candace Nicole, and she's the founder of Candace Nicole Public Relations, Women Who Hustle, and this Crown Agency, and she's here with me today. So Candace, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. So I can sit here and literally go through Candace's long bio and history and accomplishments and, and all that she's done because, believe it or not, guys, she's been in public relations. She started Candace Nicole PR, what was it, 10 years ago now? Yeah, I um, started in 2007 after I graduated from Morgan State University. Wow, yeah. So she's 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 not a new entrepreneur, guys. She's very very much so seasoned, and she's worked with uh, some of the top talent in music and film, including Spike Lee, Ti, Meek Mill, Big Boy, Tika Sumter. The list literally goes on and on and on and on. And while I would love to sit here and talk about all that she's done, I have to start really quick and say congratulations on the Crown Agency. Super excited Thank about. Thank you. You're welcome about your new creative consulting agency for the hustling creative. So when I saw you post that on Facebook, I was like, yes. Like, I don't think it's a better time to start a business like that with the new wave of entrepreneurs that we have out here. So congratulations to you um, for, you. you know, taking that leap. And I'm sure you've got a full plate already with your public relations agency, but now to add something else. So I can only imagine, you know, how much busier you're going to get. So tell me, Candace, what motivated you to start the Crown Agency after 10 years of being in public relations? Um, it's actually something that I've been thinking about of, of uh, starting a uh, a consulting agency, and it's because I realized I'm not going to want to be a publicist my entire life, and. It's a lot of, okay, for anyone who is a publicist who is uh, listening, you're probably going to be laughing right now if you're not, uh, you know, not already laughing. (laughs) You sometimes become almost like the babysitter. and It's great for someone who is right out of college. Um, They're excited about being a publicist, and especially when when it's pertaining to the entertainment industry. It's very exciting. It's very fast-paced. But then at the same time, it's very cutthroat. Um, it's a lot of reinventing yourself, which you have to do in life anyways. But when you're a publicist, you always have to have your ear to the street. You need to be out and about. You need to be networking. You need to be, okay, what am I going to do to generate this for my clients? What am I going to do to generate press, you know, for myself? Because I want people to know who I am. Therefore, they know who I'm working with, right? So it goes hand in hand. And so I said, okay, so what's what's going to be next? I knew I wouldn't want to just shut down the doors, you know, for CNPR because it is my baby. 
I've been growing it for 10 years. However, I said, you know what, I think I'd be an awesome, you know, consultant to someone. And so I coined myself as, and this was actually just, no, I guess earlier this month, I said, you know what, I'm going to call myself the PR therapist. And it's because when you, when you hire a therapist, you go to that person, why? Because you need advice, right? You're going through some right. things that you want to, you know, Tom, I just had a rough day at work. I think I'm going to lose my mind, and he may give you different tips of how to get through your, throughout your day. So you're basically hiring me to be your PR therapist. And so I saw there was a void in individuals needing publicity, but after our discovery calls, they said, well, this is a little bit too much money. I'm not there yet. But they still don't want to ignore that they do need that PR element, but they're still building their business. So, therefore, well, why don't I just consult you? And we can have brain dumping sessions. We can um, go over your time management. We can go over PR marketing strategies, different campaigns, go through how you're really utilizing your social media, going through some uh, do-it-yourself um, uh, things that you can do to handle press on your own. Um, while you are building your budget to bring on a full-time publicist at the retainer fee. So I just really wanted to create a solution uh, because so many people still need that element. They just don't have the budget. So I said, okay, well, I can I can handle that for you, you know. So, yeah, so that's, that's what I came up I just wanted to create a solution okay, well, instead of complaining. <laughs> right, right. So you saw, you know, a void, like you said, you saw an opportunity to, Mm-hmm. You, I mean, because you're Candace Nicole, everybody wants to work with you. I mean, you saw the comments when I posted, posted, I'm going to interview you. Everybody absolutely loves you. And you just got that, you know, outside of being a publicist, because like you said, it's cutthroat. And I had like a very short, very, very short season in that industry. So I know just from that brief time that I was there, how cutthroat it is. It's like, you got to get in there and you got to literally be uh-huh. great at what you do. Uh-huh. And so I know, you know, from coming from that, you know, how cutthroat it is, but yet you still have remained to be such an humble and sweet and caring and transparent person, and that's rare in that industry that you're in. So you saw a void, and you saw all of the people that were still reaching out to you Mm -hmm. um, for services. But they didn't know yet that they weren't quite there yet. So you, you know, this is important for entrepreneurs. You know, if you see an opportunity and if you continue to get the same types of inquiries and you don't yet offer that type of service, why not create mm-hmm. it, you know? So when I Absolutely. saw that you, yeah, so when I saw you were starting the Crown Agency, I was like, this girl is just so genius. Like, <laughs> she is just so genius. So I, I have no doubt that, you know, it'll do exceedingly well. And you brought up another point that I wanted to touch on. You said that you don't want to be a publicist forever. So mm-hmm. that's also something else that I think entrepreneurs don't really think too much about. We get excited about our initial business, and we don't think about, you know, 10 years from now, is this something that I will want mm-hmm. to do, or will I outgrow it, or want to branch off into something else? So I like yeah. that you didn't just put yourself in that box. So. I couldn't, and it's, you started. and it's because. Go ahead. But you never want to. I'm sorry. You never want to put yourself in that box of this is just what I want to do because you're going to miss out on so many other opportunities. And just naturally, when you're on your journey, if you're 
you know, a marketing maven, the motivational maven as you are, branding or whatever it is that, that you do, that's like, you know, your lane. When you are in that lane, you're going to, you know, cross over to different things, right? That may interest you. Right, right. You know, down the lane, you may say, you know what? I'm really getting into graphics. I want to start, I want to start my own graphic company. And maybe two years from now, you may, um, your business, you may transition that to maybe, you know, someone else who's now going to be the acting CEO and you're launching this full on graphic design business. You just never know, but I've never wanted to be the individual that I guess put myself in a pigeonhole. And yeah. that's why, because my background is music, everyone was coming, coming to me with music. Like, well, do, do you work yeah. with authors? Do you work with small businesses? And I'm like, sure. You know, I love to read. I love small businesses. I have a small business. Um, I'm into fitness and wellness. And it's because I wanted to spread my wings. I just didn't want to think, want individuals to think, oh, Candace just does music and entertainment. No, I do so much more. So, yeah. I guess you could say right. I love and to do, I love do it all. <laughs> right. I feel you on that. I mean, we hear a lot of times, you know, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, and I you know, obviously mm. we're different. Right. I just believe that. Yes, you're supposed to focus on one thing, but mm-hmm. I do think that you do block out opportunities when you you just always close your ears and your eyes to other opportunities. Like you say, you know, your gifts and your talents, like, that's what you have, and I don't believe that you're supposed to just sit on it. Now, you know, of course, strategy and right timing comes into play, but I think a lot of people, they think that they're supposed to stay in one lane forever, and I really don't believe that. I mean, you see me. I, you know, I do the motivational speaking. I do mm-hmm. graphics. I'm in the visual branding. I never limit myself because when you limit yourself, you're limiting opportunities. You're limit, limiting the opportunity to expand your network. I mean, I've met people in certain lanes and certain seasons of my life that I would have never met had I not opened the door to opportunities other places. Exactly. So, yeah, so I think that's one thing that, you know, really attracts me to you and what you're doing is that, you know, a lot of people, they get in public relations, and that's all they do, and, and they really don't leave room for anything else. And like you say, you have to consider long-term, like, am I going to just shut myself down to this one thing? Because, you know, you're going to reach a certain peak in everything that you do. And mm-hmm. there's seasons, I believe, as entrepreneurs, especially if you're multi-talented, there are seasons for so much. So you started Candace Nicole PR 10 years ago, and you're mm-hmm. still building, you know, businesses. And I'm sure this is not going to be your last business because you're open to opportunity. But right. I'm curious to know, most entrepreneurs don't keep their businesses open. I think it's after, like, the first year. But you mm-hmm. managed to keep yours open for 10 years. So can you tell us what kind of secrets you have? that allowed you to keep your doors open for a whole decade? I mean, come on. Like, what did you do? Like, um, what type of, what, what did you do? What do you think, if you had to pick maybe one or two things that allowed you to surpass that one-year mark, what would those things be? Um, I think my will just to be successful. Um, I'll just be honest with you. It's It's like a drug. I'll be very, very frank with you. It's, yeah. it's like a drug. 
um, success, right? Um, my my background, you know, I was raised by my mom. She was a single parent. Um, really, you know, during the you know the whole the whole time, really, but really kind of like I guess officially when I was like a year and a half, two years old. Um, and she sacrificed so much for me. Um, I never wanted for anything. I had all the hottest sneakers, the clothes. I had a phone at like nine, ten years old. I mean, just anything that I wanted, I had uh, the extracurricular activities I participated in. You know, she put me through college, gave me this amazing, you know, college graduation. And so I just wanted to make her proud. And I actually, to be honest, I just didn't want to become a, a statistic um, coming from a single-parent yeah. home. So I just wanted to be successful. I wanted to prove that it is possible. It can be done. Um, did not have a relationship with my father. And to be honest to anyone out here who's dealing with that, especially females, I think a part of me, I wanted to prove to him that I am fine. My mom did an amazing job raising me, right? And so yeah. that was for me. And then later oh. on, it just became, it was my passion. It developed in, into my passion. And I realized that all of this uh, of my life and, you know, operating the business, it's not about me. It's about everyone else who's being inspired by what they see of what I'm doing, right? So right. that's why I always encourage people when they're like, you know, well, someone told me I should tell my story. And I said, you should tell your story. Maybe not now. You need to be comfortable. Or maybe share a little snippet of it. That's why sometimes I'll do, like, you know, my testimonies. But uh -huh. really, what you're going through is not about you. You've just been the vessel that is going through this so then you can share it with others. Um, but there really is no secret. You have to have that will. You have to have that oomph about you. And it's not for everyone. And for everyone who is listening to the call, becoming an entrepreneur is not is not for everyone. And it is okay. You have to have your yin and your game, right? Not everybody can be entrepreneurs. Not everybody can be chiefs. Not everybody can... Work a nine to five, right? Because you need to have people who are just going to be in those leadership positions. Um, so you have to have thick skin. You have to believe in yourself. You have to be your own, you know, your number one fan. Because if you don't believe yourself, then no one else will believe you. And so I also, how I work is I, I, I challenge myself. So, okay, I got through this year. What am I going to do for the second year? You know, who am I going to network and make this happen? And then that's just how it went. And then it's just, and honestly, it's like you just, you look up and you're like, man, when did I start this company again? <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. And I, uh, I guess my support system, like I said, my mom, she's like my number one fan. She thinks it's, it's so awesome, you know, what I do, that I'm an entrepreneur. She very much understands what I do. Uh, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs that when I say, so uh, do your parents or do your family, do they understand what you do? And they're like, no, they don't really think it's, you know, a career or whatever. So I consider myself very blessed because my mom understands what I do. She knows how to explain to someone, of you know, what her daughter does. And then my family, uh -huh. my friends and 
my cousins and my siblings, they are very much aware of what I do. I talk about it a lot, so they do understand. Um, but that's what it is. I think family kept me going, and um, it was myself. I did not want to – I didn't want to fail um, at that, and it's because I truly believe, I guess, in the, in the latter years that I was put on this earth for a reason, and I know it's to motivate individuals. And it's it's to run businesses. That's what I do. That's what I love to do. And I believe that that's what I'm here for. That's something that has created a platform for myself of creating these businesses. But it's also created a platform where I can speak, right, and I can motivate others, especially women, that it's possible. Absolutely. I can agree with 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 so much that you said. I mean, down to you know how supportive your mom is. Like my mom is literally my best friend, and yeah. I do realize you know when you do have a mom, and I'm not even talking about the dads right now, but the mom. When the mom is like mm-hmm. rooting you on through every season, the good and the bad ones. Yeah, that's just <laughs> like that's almost like all you need. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do think, you know, out of everything you said, the support system is something that I do believe is crucial as an entrepreneur because if you don't – I mean, you can have the belief in yourself and everything, but there are going to be times where you do just feel like saying, well, let me just settle and go, you know, get this 9 to 5 and just be comfortable. And uh-huh. that drug that you talk about, it's almost like, you know – it's like it's undescribable, and it's like once you accomplish one thing that you didn't think you could accomplish, it's like you can't stop. Even when you are going through those seasons where you're questioning yourself, like, okay, is like, am I cut out for this for real? For real? Mm-hmm. You always accomplish stuff, and then it like reminds you very quickly, like, yes, this is what you were born to do. And you brought up a good point. Everybody is not supposed to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is. So glamorizing, Candace. Like, I uh-huh. hear people all the time, like, how do I get an entrepreneurship? How do I get an entrepreneurship? And I'm like, I kind of fell into it. Like, I knew I wasn't meant to be on a nine-to-five. Like, you just kind of know. And then there are some uh-huh. people that are trying to force it because it's like the new fad. It's like the new thing to do. And uh-huh. people spend a great deal of their lives trying to force this thing that, honestly, it, it sounds good to be able to be your own boss, but it's hard to take. Like, there are days yeah. where I'm like, I might try to go clock in for these eight hours and be able to come home and go on my bed versus going to bed oh. at four or five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and no, ab- absolutely. <laughs> um, and I actually yeah. will, will share with, with you and the viewers that, because I think I did it in one of my Facebook Live videos, one of my testimonies when I was crying on my video. But it was just, you know, it was an honest moment for me. Um, just in mm-hmm. December, I was in my bed. You know, my uncle had passed away, and so I was basically, I was still in mourning, and I was a functioning, depressed woman. That's just what I was. And um, I was looking for jobs because I was just going through So I want want to share with everyone, because because as as you did touch how I am transparent, I'm very transparent um, of how I love to speak about being a business owner and how I love being an entrepreneur and, and everything of the sort and sharing tips and uh, uh, articles and all that stuff, there's another side to it. There's another side uh-huh. to it, and that's why I say it's not for everyone. 
And I was just going through it. I don't know which way it was up, down, right, left. And I was looking for jobs. I was on Craigslist, Indeed, Simply Hire, where my boyfriend was like, what are you doing? He's an entrepreneur himself. He's like, I will get a job before you get a job. And I was like that for a couple hours. And then I had to snap back out of it. And I had to remember who was the head of my household, okay, and that he would not have taken me this far for me to just sit in my bed on my laptop looking at Craigslist looking for jobs because I felt some pinch in my life. I felt like my back was up against the wall. And so the Crown Agency, even even though I was thinking about starting a consulting agency, that agency really was birthed out of my pain. And that is what gave me that that new light, right? So I just threw myself into that, literally threw myself into it, got the domain. I needed to get my logo done in a couple of days. You know, I launched it and everything. And that's where it came from. But there's there's another side. There's days where I'm crying. I'm like, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? And because that's a whole other conversation because people – like you said, they glamorize being an entrepreneur. Well, you know, not everyone pays on time, to be honest with you, and then you're chasing money. And so, you know, monthly, your um, your income is going to fluctuate. And so you have to always be in that hustler mode and um, be willing to create those multiple streams of income. That's why you need an average of seven is because if this person is late over here, no problem. I'm going to do a special over here because I know somebody's uh-huh. in need of this, whether it's an EPK, press release, one sheet, uh, conference call, or whatever the sort it is, you know you can have your multiple things that you can do to bring in that revenue. So I just wanted to share that because I know people just think, okay, this is so awesome what you do, and look, it humbles uh-huh. me, and I appreciate everyone who says that to me, but I also want them to know that this is there's a different side to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Listen, everything you said, I mean, honestly, like you said, most of the things that you've done was birthed out of pain. Like, mm-hmm. I relate because, like, I think about all of my big moments, going to the White House, going to this summit in last year, and the Empire. I mean, all of my really big moments, mm-hmm. I literally was flat out broke and questioning myself and trying to figure out how to not get evicted and what do I do about this job that I hate and how do I pay these bills? But then on if you go and look from the other aspect, people are looking from the outside and they're like, oh, my gosh, she's got to go on. Like, she's got all these great opportunities. Mm-hmm. But little do they know, it is pure de hell most of the time to get those things to happen. And that's why I always tell people when they come to me, and like you said, it's humbling and, you know, thank you. I appreciate the support. But don't get it twisted, boo. It's always a fight. Uh Literally always a fight. And I always tell people, like, everybody is literally not cut out for this. There are decisions that I make as an entrepreneur that my family think I'm completely nuts and completely crazy because of some of the decisions that I make, because I'm thinking about what I'm building in my future and how it's going to benefit me later. I'd much rather sacrifice now and and build the legacy that I'm trying to build and continue to get those messages from people that say, oh, my God, your story has inspired me, and 
to know that uh-huh. something that the the chaos sometimes and the struggle is worth it because it's changing somebody else's life. That's all that matters. But like you said, people don't see the other side of it. They see what you share. And everything we share is by choice. So we share what we want people to know. That's a choice that we have. And so people don't get to see, you know, like you said, the the nice. There have been times where I knew I needed to get on Facebook Live to, you know, generate some type of income. But right before I got on Live and put that makeup on my face, I was crying because I was trying to figure out how I was going to pay a bill or do something and survive and take care of my child. Like, they don't see that part. And so I try my best to make sure that, like you say, be transparent. I think transparency is really what's missing in entrepreneurship right now because everybody is just so focused on looking like they got it together when the reality Mm -hmm. is this is a part of the journey that you have to go through. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, why I'm so – freaking attracted to Candace because you're so transparent and every time you share something that you're going through, I totally connect to it because there are not so many people that are sharing their stories and, you know, I feel like why why wait until I become a success story on TV to hear my story? Let me let me tell you what's going on now because people mm-hmm. connect to pain and emotion. And I know yeah. that's how I drive a lot of my success in my business is people just being able to connect to me as a person. And that's why I mm-hmm. think personal branding is so important. And I, you know, I see how you're, you know, venturing off and like you said, needing your own press now to be able to share your own story and mm-hmm. really create that lane for yourself that you've been creating. So I think, you know, you're doing a great job at really balancing it all. And one of the things, that I noticed about you, because I think I've known you for maybe a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed about you is your ability to build such a massive network. Like, I know people that have networks, but your network is ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> it is, like, even outside of women who hustle, like, people just, they know who you are. And, again, it goes back to I think they're just attracted to your vibe, your positivity, and how transparent you really are. So I know you're yeah. big on partnerships and um, collaboration, especially with women. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people this year say, well, you know, I'm going to do my collaborations this year. But then there are some people that are almost terrified to do collaborations for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a couple of tips? For somebody out there that wants to do some collaborations, but they may be a little little bit skeptical. Uh, okay. So first, I totally get of why you would be a little bit nervous of wanting to collaborate, because you really don't. You may not know that person's uh, work ethic, or you may think, "Hey, I partner with them, and then I'm gonna, you know, end up having to do everything." or they may run off with the money, whatever the sort, you may have been in a bad situation yourself, you probably have heard of some bad situations. Um, I totally get it. So the key into finding the correct person to to do collaborations with is you need to watch that individual of how they work. You can't. You need to be a creeper, right? <laughs> um, but in a good way. You know, in a good way. And so, for example, I want to collaborate with you, Natasha, 
you're in South Carolina, want to do something in, in um, Charleston, but I've seen you for some years. I've watched your brand. You know, I've downloaded your books. I've, you know, been in your, your webinars. I've been, you know, seen your Facebook lives. I've been in your Periscope. I know how you work. You get it done. You know, I contributed to your, you know, to you going to Empire because I believed in, in what you were doing. I thought it was so awesome. You were living your dreams. You were being bold about it. And so I know that it would be a great partnership because your work ethic matches mine. So you have to, that's the first thing. If there is someone, if you're in um, Detroit, right, and you are a publicist, let's just say, because, because I am one, and you're a publicist, well, look at the publicist in your network. Find a publicist who was, who was a like publicist to you. They match your hustle, or you're trying to figure out how you can get on that hustle that they have. Because you know when you two come together, it's just it's, it's going to make magic. So you don't want to partner with someone and you're like, hell, I'm not too sure about how they work, or I heard this about them or whatever. You do need to, to watch that person. They do have, need to be um, like-minded individuals. Very, very important. Um, and it's also something that you just don't want to rush into. A lot of people, I want to make this happen now. Yes, but you have to make sure that it, it matches of who you're going to partner with. Um, with Misha, uh, she is the owner of Chicks with Checks. I actually met Misha on the PR scene because she used to do PR in Atlanta. And, um, you know, I guess we got on each other's email list. And then what throughout the years, and I think maybe like, what, a year and a half ago, um, I it started the She Wins, I Win Periscope Party. And she reached out. She wanted to be a part. I said, sure. And uh, she said, well, I, ha- I just started this women's network, Chicks with Checks. I was like, oh, my goodness, I love the name and how you spell it. She explained to me what the concept was. And, you know, I just launched maybe, like, Women Who Hustle, still trying to figure out what in the world I was going to do with that movement. And, you know, but it was gaining all this momentum already. And so we set up a time to talk. And then we said, you know what? We have a lot of things in common. And I was watching her with, you know, she's a traveling nurse, and she is a boss in her own right. She is getting checked. She's making it happen. So I said, you know what? This is going to be great. We're both very ambitious women. This is just going to be great. And so we joined forces. Instead of wanting to, I mean, we're still going to have our one-off events with Chicks with Checks and uh, Women Who Hustle, but collectively, we do a lot of good damage. Right? I'm calling it good damage uh-huh. because we sell out our events and these women are leaving inspired. From our Goal Getters brunch to the Holiday Mixer, Women, Wealth, and Wine, our Goal Getters night chat. So we're like-minded, in the, you know, individuals, and we want to motivate women. So instead of me wanting to have this brunch, and then she's like, well, I want to have a brunch too, and then we're vying for each other's networks, let's bring it together. It It just makes sense to me. With some individuals, mm-hmm. it doesn't. They say, well, you have to split money. and blah, blah. Look, two two brains are better than one. You can balance each other out. But I would say definitely take your time in making your decision. But collaboration, and you will see more of it in 2017, just not from myself or Natasha, or, but just in general, I believe you're going to see a lot come out of uh, collaboration and um from cross promotions, like from brands. I think it was last year. Who was it? It was Champ Sports and someone else. And I said, whoa. I said, what are they doing in the same commercial together? It was like some cross 
you know, brand like promotion. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. You're gonna get more. You're gonna get more for your more for your buck. You know, bang for your buck. But collaboration is going to be key with everything, and you're going to have a lot more elevation in your career. And this is just from my opinion that you will have a, a lot more elevation in your career when you collaborate because you're not just pulling from your network. You're now pulling from their network, and, of course, they're going to benefit from your network. So now, because she is a traveling nurse uh, by day, I know a whole whole bunch of uh, nurses now. And these women are like some bosses. A lot of them have their own businesses. And, of course, she's meeting women from, from my network, and it's just amazing. So you have to be open to it. Um, you can't you can't walk around being you know closed minded because as we said before in the in the conversation you're going to box yourself out on so many opportunities and to ladies and gents who are listening you're going to box yourself out of dollars okay <laughs> and I will say that again you will box yourself out of dollars if you're not open to collaborating with someone you should not ever think that you should just be doing this on your own. And I say that because this year I brought on a junior publicist. First time ever doing that, but I felt there was a need. And as soon as I did that, she signed that contract. It's been flourishing. You know, I, it's, it's causing me to, uh-huh. to get open about my numbers because I'm speaking numbers with her because she's getting a percentage from these clients. Um, she can take some of the load off of me of where I'm doing research. She can do research herself because, you know, she's working with these clients. She's representing these clients as well. So it's just not me, 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 me. I'm like, oh, yeah, Candace, just text Mariah. You're in this meeting. You're on this conference call. Text Mariah. Hey, I need you to look up five more different restaurants in North New Jersey. You know what I mean? You have someone to balance it off. So collaboration yeah. is key, and I encourage uh, people to, to do more of that, just be very smart about it, and also be strategic about it as well. Yeah, I agree. And um, I, you know, have been really trying to do more collaborations this year. And my first one this year is with Joy Cook. And you know Joy, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, I could not Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> she's awesome. And what's crazy is, and, and I'm going to touch on something before I even make that statement. Sometimes you have to... It goes back to building relationships. When people can see you shine and you see them shine, it's almost a no-brainer. And sometimes that's going to take a year. It might take two years. But you've always got to put your best foot forward and make sure that the same things that you're requesting the people when you collaborate, that you're exemplifying that as well. So like you mentioned, you watched me for a while. I've watched you. We have pretty much the same work ethic. So a collaboration is a no-brainer. However, we haven't collaborated yet. It took maybe a couple of years for us to get to this point where we're like, okay, let's collaborate. So you do have Mm -hmm. to be, you know, observe and make sure that you're not just jumping on something just because that person has a network or because that person has something that you want. Make sure that it makes sense for your brand, Mm -hmm. especially because, at the end of the day, it is not about you. It's about that audience that you have, those people who depend on you, and they depend on you delivering in a way that will provide them with solutions and yep. that will change their lives. And so when you think about collaboration, don't just think about you and that person. Think about the people who are going to benefit or not from that collaboration. Yeah. So 
um, when Joy reached out to me, like, at the top of the year, I was like, first of all, I was like, wow, I didn't even know she was watching. So, mm-hmm. major key, stay on your game because you never know who's watching. You know, Joy has Absolutely. been in business for 20-something years. I had never even would have imagined that she was watching me grow all of this time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know. And so you've got to make sure that you try your best all the time. And that you do, you know, just do what you do and be genuine and be transparent and be real about who you are because people are literally watching and that could make or break some partnerships for you. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to talk about that because I know that you are really big on collaborations and partnerships, which is why I'm sure your network is so extensive because when you do collaborate, like you said, you bring on a whole nother audience that you probably wouldn't have to touch. If you had exactly. been open to partnering with people, mm-hmm. so and I'm, I think I'm that's so, amazing. I'm so excited about that branding um, teleconference on Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday. Yes. Um, which so is a joy. When I saw that email, no, I think I saw <laughs> the post first. I said, "Oh, oh come through!" I said, "This yes. is amazing!" I literally, yes. Natasha, I was like, yes. "Okay, this is major. I'm so excited for them." So, and Joy, she is just, man, and I've been connected with Joy for years, and she is a powerhouse, and I've literally, like, seen, like, when her career, like, hit that, like, that moment of, like, boom, and then it just, she was already in a, a great space anyways, but I remember when it happened when she, um, she came an author with the book about, I think it was about tweeting, I want to say, and just, like, catapulted, like, just her career, and so I'm just so happy. I'm just happy for, you know, both of you, um, and I will be taking notes. And that's another thing. Anyone, tuning, you know, everyone yeah. everyone tuning in is to remain a student. You know, some people may have seen that or you know, they consider themselves seasoned professionals. Well, I don't even know how to brand myself. I already know how to do it. I've been doing this for X amount of years. No, no. You always need to remain a student because Natasha is going to say something Joy is going to say something where you're going to be like, you know what? I didn't think of, I didn't think of that. Just like uh-huh. Natasha is going to say something that Joy's like, I can't believe I haven't been doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So always remain a student and, and open to to learn from individuals and never ever think that you know everything it is about your industry, whether you're a makeup artist, um, I don't know, a, a hairstylist, publicist, marketing, financial individual. You should be learning something new every day about your industry. I know, I know, I am. VR is yeah, always definitely. evolving, always evolving, and how definitely. you can pitch people and new websites to put your press releases on, and how to distribute and all this different stuff. And so, I, I remain a student in everything that you do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I'm one to tell you first. Like, I am not. I am not, and I repeat, I am not the ultimate expert in this area. Trust me when I tell you, there are still <laughs> too many things I need to learn. <laughs> That's why I'm always, like, listening to podcasts and reading books. And I think when people hear reading books, they're like, oh, that's a little scary. I never read a book from start to finish unless it's, like, extremely good or it's really story-based. I just like to keep knowledge around me because, you know, knowledge is money. And if you don't, mm-hmm. if you're at your peak and whatever it is that you're doing, then you need to move on to something else because you're not going to make too much more money. 
You know, you've always mm-hmm. got to be learning. And like you said, in PR, like, things are constantly changing. So you've got to be, you know, always open-minded. And like you said, we learn from each other every day. Like, you're never too, like you said, seasoned to learn more. Like, there could be just something that you say that could change my whole business. And mm-hmm. you could have been in business a shorter amount of time than I have been in. So I think, you know, if you're open-minded and you understand, yeah, like you said, always be a student, that's, like, one of the biggest things to continue to grow, right? If you're not learning, you're not growing. Mm -hmm. So I definitely um, agree with that. So we can go ahead and wrap it up. I have one more question for you uh, because I get contacted a lot by aspiring entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs who have just been in business for, you know, maybe a year or so. And they're still working their nine-to-five, which I've been there before. I wrote a book about running my business while working my full-time job. And it's something I'm really passionate about because I believe it can be done. Mm-hmm. However, I listened to an interview you did, I want to say, like, October, September. I can't remember where it was. But you did an interview where you talked about, you know, there was a season where you were – doing Candace Nicole PR, but you were still working a full-time job. And when you were telling people that, they were like, oh, I thought you were doing PR full-time. So <laughs> yes. they almost didn't know, you know. And I can relate mm-hmm. to that because people were like, I had no idea that you were, like, running your business and still working. Like, how in the world do you manage to? So can you give that aspiring <laughs> entrepreneur, like, Mm-hmm. One good tip to being able to juggle both until they're able to run their businesses full-time. <sighs> Let's see here. Basically, if if that is you and you are doing that, you have your nine-to-five, but you're also operating a business where you have active clients and you're, you know, you're bringing in money, then there should be no doubt in your mind that you can run your business full-time. And I just want you to think about that because you are spending what, let's say, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at your job, right? And, yeah, you may have time. You can balance it off, especially if you're at a computer doing a lot of, you know, data entry, let's say, where you can uh, – and that's what I was doing. So, therefore, I was on the computer all the time so I could respond to my email. So no one – you know, I could send my text message out and everything so no one really um, knew – knew the difference. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. At the very end, I started coughing. I'm sorry. So, um, <laughs> you're fine. Take a glass so of water. So, if um, it takes balance. Hold on. Okay. Take your time. Sorry. <laughs> I knew you this was going to happen. Made it. You made it through 44 minutes, so you did a good job. I knew this was going to happen. I was going to get to the whole... <laughs> do the whole interview and then start coughing. Okay. Whew, okay. So it's going to take a lot of your time. You may feel sometimes you're burnt out. However, it can be done because you're already doing it. And so if you can spend your time at, at your job and then you're spending, what, maybe an hour or two hours in traffic going home and then still doing, you know, your, let's say your your side hustle, you are going to rock at owning your own business. You just are. And it's because you're just, all you really are doing is working just 24 hours, right? You probably feel like that. But it will pay off. You have to be mm-hmm. strategic about it. 
that's funny coming from me <laughs> because yeah. I didn't have a, you know I didn't have a business plan I you know didn't have all this money saved up but you know what I I wouldn't do it any, any different because that's my story now would I want to stress that to someone else yes if you can do that yes however if you feel the need that you need to move and you've been praying about it and then you know what you do it. A lot of people, and sometimes people may want to go back and forth, you know, with, well, you know, you need to have this set up, you need to have this set up. Sometimes you just feel it in your gut that you need to move, and so you need to move because you may not get that feeling uh, again. And that that is what happened to me in my situation. I was more in a situation where I had to make a decision because I knew I had to be somewhere by a certain time frame, and I could not still be in my nine-to-five. However, Excuse me. Leading up to that, I definitely was getting that feeling of, yeah, Candace, it's, it's time for you to move, right? You need to do something. Something of fire is being lit. And he was telling me, it's time for you to go. You're not getting uh, these job offers or they're not willing to take a chance on you because you don't have that agency experience because I have something bigger for you and I basically want you to hire yourself. So to encourage you is that it may be stressful, you may be overwhelmed, you may cry, you may question, maybe I should just give up this side hustle, but if you feel like something was planted inside of you, that you were put on this earth to, to serve others and with this product or this service, then I plead that you stick with it. You know, you pray your way through it, um, through all the trials, anything that comes across your way, just pray yourself through it, and there will be another side, and you will be able to, to leave your job, and you will know. It won't be this perfect time, okay? <laughs> Usually it's not for everyone. A lot of people mm-hmm. are sometimes forced into that situation. It's a blessing, actually, if you can say, hey, I, my last day on the job is going to be August 1, and you, you, you were able to plan and, and save up money. That is a absolute blessing. A lot of people, they're just – They've been thinking about it, and then something happens. They get laid off, and they're like, oh, I guess I just have to do it now, right? And you just go on to what you're doing anyways. But that would be my advice is that I know it's I know it's tough, you know, just because I remember, look, Natasha, I remember those days where, uh, you know, when I was at BET, and, you know, I had client events. So I'm coming in there doing work. I, had a, uh, I would keep my clothes you know, in the car, because I didn't want everybody always in my business. Oh, where are you going today, Candace, and all that stuff. And around, like, 5 o'clock, people were headed out. I would, you know, log off from what I was doing, go outside, get my clothes. <laughs> I would, you know, go into the bathroom, change, freshen up my makeup, put on my heels, and I'm out the door going to that client event. And, you know, I only had, like, an hour to do what I had to do. I'm at that event for a couple of hours, get home midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, still checking email from clients or inquiries. Then I have to get up at 8 o'clock because I have to be at work by 9.30. You know, it's it's wow. a hustle. It's a hustle. Yeah. But if if that is what you want, then you will do it and you will not complain about it. There were times where I would say, oh, I had a doctor's appointment. Or I had an emergency, and I was leaving my job at 2 o'clock to go up to New York City to the City of Chiefs meeting, which is really kind of launch of my career in the industry, was in New York. And I was networking. Spent four or five hours up there, leave, drive back home with one of my girlfriends. Um, she went up there with me and dropped her off in Baltimore. 
I get home, it's like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. I have to be up at 8 because I have to be working at 9.30. It's a hustle. And you're going to do it. And it paid off. So where I said, you know what, it all makes sense. All the networking opportunities, the people that I know to this day, I remember when they launched their career, like in New York, just a lot of different brands and such. I still have those connections now. And it's because of what I did. Of the sacrifice that you have, you have to do that. But it's only for if you really believe in yourself and you really want to do it. If you're complaining about it, it's not for you, and that's completely fine. Just find yourself a job, a nine-to-five, where you're happy. There are people who have a nine-to-five, they're happy at um, making Microsoft money because they've always wanted to be um, um, a software designer. That is completely fine. You know, we need the people who are going to make the, the software and, you know, all these tech gadgets and, and everything of the sort. Just make sure that you're happy because there's nothing more, I guess, just, I don't know, just such a worse feeling than waking up and not being happy with what you're doing, crying on your way to work. I know there's somebody right now who's doing that, who has been doing that. That was me. And that's when I knew it was time for me to go. It really didn't matter if I had anything lined up because I told myself when I got, when it got to the point where this was giving me a headache, I was crying going to work, this is not for you. Like, this is a toxic situation, girl. You need to find a way out. And I did. And it always worked out, you know, through, through prayer and just being faithful and, and staying the course. You have your, you know, your ups and downs, of course, but stay your course and it will definitely happen for you. Yep, and and the perfect scenario is is never perfect. And when the last time that I quit my nine to five, I'll say my back was almost against the wall. Like I, I've never in my life hated a job as much as I hated the last one that I had. And when I say I really, it was to the point, it wasn't just, because, you know, some people, they just don't like their job, and it's really just that. They just don't like their job. They don't like their boss, whatever. I was at the point where I felt, I felt two things. I felt like I was suffocating, literally, Uh and I felt like I, I just felt like I was not being the vibrant, positive person that I knew I was because of my work environment. And it was literally a suffocating feeling. And I remember, like you say, how you used to keep keep your clothes in the car because you didn't want anybody in your business. I literally felt like I was living a double life, Candace, to Mm -hmm. the point where, because I've been, before I became a full-time entrepreneur this time, I was in banking for like the last four years, right before I had my son. And when I moved back to Charleston, I spent my first year and a half in banking. That's been my background. Now, mm-hmm. when I worked for the company, the bank of BB&T, it wasn't so suffocating because I was a temp, and my supervisor knew what I did on the side. She knew I was an entrepreneur. She knew I had my business on the side. So whenever I had to, like, go out of town or if I had to leave work early or come in late, I could literally tell her why. I never had to lie about it or make mm-hmm. up an excuse. And so that was more relieving for me because I could do work on the computer when I wasn't doing work work. I could send emails. I could still run my blog. I could do literally everything while I was at work and still be at work mm-hmm. and not have to hide and, you know, feel like I was living a double life. 
However, on this mm-hmm. last job, I don't know, but I felt like my supervisor kind of had already figured out what I was doing outside of work. I don't know if she was intimidated, but she literally made my job so hard. And it got mm-hmm. so bad until I was literally like lying to coworkers about what I was doing on the weekends and things like that because I didn't want them to look me up on Facebook and be the mm-hmm. one to go run and tell my boss and her make it harder for me. And when I knew that it was time for me to leave, um, one of the girls that I sat next to at work over the weekend, she texted me. She was like, I'm in tears. I did not know who you were. I didn't know all that you've been doing. Like, mm-hmm. you're just like a breath of fresh air. I can't believe you come to work every day and deal with that, and you're so amazing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dang it, she found me. Now wow. I already know I'm going to be exposed. And that's how <laughs> I feel. So I, like, tippy-toed around for a long time. And then, of course, once she found out, she started telling her girlfriends on the job, and then they started connecting with me. But what I noticed, even in that season, was that even though these few ladies had found me, I was really literally their breath of fresh air when they came to work every day because I think to them they said, if she could come to work every day and still pursue her dreams, so can I. And now Mm -hmm. one of those girls, she started her own blog. She's, like, literally, like, I just see her evolving. And even though she's still at that company, I feel like the reason God sat me there for as long as I dealt with what I dealt with, it was for them. It wasn't even about me. And that makes me feel good. And I knew the day that I literally walked off the job, I knew I felt good about it. And I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like I was making a wrong decision. No, I didn't have a whole bunch of money saved up. I didn't have a plan, but I knew in my heart that it was the time for me to leave. And mm-hmm. it's been good ever since. Of course, like you said, ups and downs, they happen. But you just know when it's time. And like you said, if you can manage to juggle your business on the side and go to work every day, you've mastered one of the biggest skills in being an entrepreneur ever, literally. If you could do both, you could run a business full time. Yeah, um, you just gotta be patient. Yeah. <laughs> For real, you just gotta be mm-hmm. patient. So that's all that I wanted to ask you. I mean, of course, I could stay on the phone with you all night. I could, <laughs> but um, <laughs> this has been awesome. So yes, tell it us, <laughs> tell us how we can stay in contact with you, and if there's anything that you have coming up that we need to know about, let us know. Okay, so. You can follow me at Candace Nicole PR. That is Candace with an I. Uh, follow me at Women Who Hustle. Um, you can follow the Crown Agency. <coughs> that is T H E C R W N Agency. Um, but the main one is Candace Nicole PR. Of course, I will post, you know, the Crown Agency information there. I will post Women Who Hustle information on there as well. Literally, you can. Just Google Candace Nicole PR. You'll find me. Facebook is the same thing, Candace Nicole Public Relations, Women Who Hustle. Uh, definitely would love to connect. Anyone has any questions, feel free to message me, tweet me, DM me, send me an email. That's completely fine. I love um, speaking to individuals, you know, whether it's, you know, men or women um, that are tuned into the podcast right now. Um, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Natasha, really. You're welcome. This was so much fun. We had a really good conversation. And, like, 
with my other interviews, normally I know exactly, like, one topic that I want that person to talk about. But with you, it was different. Like, I was like, I can't just, I can't just talk about one thing. Like, like I need to cover on all these points. So I made sure, like, I got it down, like, what, what I wanted to make sure I asked you about. And, I mean, you're just awesome. And I'm I'm blessed Thank to you. know you. And um, you're just amazing. And I definitely had to have you on the podcast because, you, you know, you're just so multidimensional and in your good spirit, I think, for anybody to know, man or woman. So thank you guys thank you. for uh, – you're welcome. So thank you guys for listening to Episode 16 of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and definitely leave a review because we love reviews. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. This episode is brought to you by TheMotivationMaven.com, your one-stop shop for all things motivation. To learn more about advertising on Table Talk with Toddy, email info at thetoddybrand.com.